Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. Today, I had Kaya from Coach Kaya on to chat a little bit about her journey and her role in agriculture and how it has evolved. Kaya and I have known each other since college, and I've always admired her work. She is an incredible artist. She's an incredible coach, and she shares a lot of wisdom. So many of you may have heard her on stages or listen to her podcast. We will include all of her details in the show notes, of course, but I hope you settle in and enjoy this episode as much as I did. She is a gem and a wealth of knowledge. Welcome back to another episode of the Kennel Menu Podcast. Today, I have Kaya joining me. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, friend. Absolutely. I can't remember what year we were in college when we first ran into each other. And then, of course, we learned that our parents had a long history at Cal Poly. So we've pretty much, we can just say we knew each other before we were even thought of. That's the term my dad always uses. (laughs) But Kaya and I were national ag ambassadors together in college through FFA, which was kind of a God thing because I wasn't actually in FFA. Caroline, I always forget that. Yeah, we we didn't have it at my school. Well, I think that it was it was definitely meant to be because um, our worlds have just continued to collide and connect in lots of different ways since then, and I'm so darn grateful for it. Yes, you are doing great things. So I'll have Kaya introduce herself a little bit, but I first want to tell you guys, Kaya, one, is the queen of pivoting, and I think that she's going to go a little bit into her story and dive into kind of how she got started in agriculture in a career sense. She was born on a ranch, but... And then kind of what she's doing today. And I think one of the best things about Kaya is that she knows what doors to close and when to close them. And I feel like really closes them solidly. So we'll dive into all of that, I'm sure. But why don't you take a minute and catch us up to speed with who you are and what you're doing? Sure. Well, hello, friends. For those of you that I haven't met or connected with, my name is Kaya Twisselman Burchett, but better known these days as Coach Kaya. Like Caroline said, I did grow up on a ranch. I am the sixth generation on my family's cattle ranch in rural California on the Central Coast. Best place in the world. I'm very biased, but it's a fact. (laughs) And um, I really loved the agriculture way of life growing up. I did 4-H, did FFA. um, But I really thought that my path was going to take me far away from the ranch and far away from agriculture. I did end up going to an agricultural school at UC Davis um, because they had cows, but I was not an ag major, which surprises a lot of people. My major was actually human development with a minor in education. I thought maybe I'd be a teacher or I don't really know what I thought I would do. But um, what I discovered at college is that agriculture kept kind of sucking me back in. All of my extracurriculars at Davis were animal science classes and all sorts of different agriculture classes. I I very quickly became involved in the UC Davis Young Cattlemen's Association, 
with the uh, campus ambassadorship program and all these national organizations too, which is how I met Caroline. And I realized, oh my gosh, wait a second. I keep My heart keeps pulling me back into agriculture. Maybe there is something for me there that's just different than what I expected. Maybe I can still stay a part of this industry that I love so much without being the person in production agriculture. While I grew up in production agriculture and I love that way of life, I recognize that my skill set is not actually in the raising of cattle or crops, and I'm okay to say that now. I don't think I was always okay to say that, but I know that my power in this industry is really by using my voice. And so my first job out of college, I moved to Germany for a year first, and then my first big kid job was working for the Kentucky Beef Council as the Director of Consumer Affairs. And I loved it. I learned so much about marketing and media and communications and public speaking. And I started my first side hustle while I was in Kentucky because I missed California so darn much. I I wanted to have more flexibility and freedom in my life. And that job was, uh, that business was called Burley and Barley. And I did graphic design, logo design, watercolor illustration. I did some work for Caroline and the K-Rose marketing team actually, which is so fun. Um, And at the same time, I started a health journey. And uh, the quick story of that is I lost over 100 pounds in one year. And the folks at Beef It's Butts for Dinner asked if they could share my story with the media. And it landed in People Magazine, Good Morning America, Access Hollywood, and this big flood of media coverage the summer of 2020. And it gave me the opportunity to pivot myself once again and decide if I wanted to go all in on coaching, which I did. So I have officially been Coach Kaya since summer of 2020. And my role in that business has really changed a lot. Um, Today, I do a lot less one-on-one coaching work, and I do a lot more speaking on stages and workshops, which has been incredible. And I think finding my place and role in agriculture as, you know, maybe I'm not the one producing the food. Maybe I'm not even just the one doing the communications on agriculture, but maybe I also have a role in empowering the people within agriculture to love themselves deeper, care for themselves better, and find joy in this messy, beautiful journey of life. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, there's so much to hit on here. The first thing (laughs) that I want to talk about is, and I just, it's just a comment, but I started out in teaching at Ag Ed, actually at Kansas State, And it's interesting because I think it was Dave Ramsey that said, you can be a teacher without being in the classroom Mm. and you are a hundred percent still a teacher. Like that education desire is like all through you. And so I think sometimes we say, we picture career and we picture it the really traditional way, right? Teaching Mm -hmm. in a classroom and it just flows so much. And I mean, I think it was Jesse Jarvis too. She said a lot of people who come from ranches, they'll say, no, 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 I want to be an attorney or I want to be X, Y, and Z. And she's like, you know that we do those in agriculture, right? Mm -hmm. Like just because you want to be X doesn't mean you have to leave agriculture. And sometimes we envision like teaching, not being, unless you're an ag ed, you, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not in agriculture. And that doesn't have to be the case. Mm, I love that you brought that up, Caroline, because I feel like similarly to that comment, I feel like lately I've been coming up against this this thought in my head of, oh my gosh, if I'm not one-on-one or group coaching, am I still Coach Kaya? You know, air quotes on Coach Kaya. But it's really been allowing myself to explore the idea that you can be a coach in a lot of different ways. Coaching can look a lot of different ways. When I'm on stage speaking to hundreds of people or when I'm in a small group hosting a workshop, that is 1,000% coaching. That's 1,000% teaching. And so, yeah, I guess full circle, I am doing the exact same thing that I really wanted to do ever since I was a little girl, which is teaching. 
just the shape of that role has changed a lot. I just saw this week, um, one of the women I follow, she is a, a female speaker. Her name's Jess Ekstrom, and she actually empowers more women to take the stage and become speakers. And the question she shared today was, instead of asking yourself, what do I want to be when I grow up? Ask yourself, what impact do I want to make on the world? Because you can make that impact in a lot of different roles. And sometimes we get so focused on the role itself that we want that we lose sight of the underlying thing, which is the impact we want to make and allow whatever shape that takes form to hold it a little looser in our hands because there might be opportunities in your life that you don't even know exist. But if you just get clear on the impact you want to make, you can be fluid with how you make that impact in whatever role it is you're playing. Absolutely. We're the one that puts labels on ourselves, right? Where, Mm -hmm. I mean, you see that, you saw that in your health journey and being a small business owner, like we label ourselves as grew up on a ranch and we expect that to mean something. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that you and Courtney are working on, which is Backroad Cowgirls, you actually spurred this really interesting conversation in my household because I was talking to Sean about the applying for the 30 under 30 cowgirl, um, mm-hmm. whatever the technical name of that is, which you were awarded. And I said, but I'm not a cowgirl. Ooh. And Sean said, what do you mean you're not a cowgirl? And I said, well, I'm not a cowgirl. Absolutely not. Like when I think of cowgirls, I think of, um, you know, they have boots on, they're pretty handy. I mean, the women that I grew up around that have the title cowgirl look very different than me. And Sean did not grow up in agriculture, right? He's in forestry. And he looked over the table and he said, so you mean that you don't consider yourself a cowgirl, but you make 100% of your income from agriculture and particularly cattle. And he's like, so I'm just dissecting the word here. It says cow and then girl. And he's like, "What? how do we put those words together and not label someone who is in agriculture and owns cows as a cowgirl? And it really made me stop and think about what other labels are we putting on ourselves that we are afraid to either be or become or act like because we don't feel like the version in our mind is where we fit. Mm. Oh, this is so good, Caroline. First of all, I just was laughing, not at, not in a hateful way, but just laughing at the fact that you do not consider yourself a cowgirl. And I don't want to make light of it because I think there's a lot of other people in our industry that similarly have felt the same way. And I'll admit, I felt that same resistance when I decided whether or not I wanted to apply for Cowgirl 30 Under 30. Because in my mind, Caroline, you are far more qualified than I am. Um, Yes, I make an income from agriculture and that I speak on a lot of agricultural stages, but I am not the one with the boots on the ground. Like you, you are very much immersed in this. And I think, um, you know, my friend Courtney, who's the co-host of the show we're producing, Backroad Cowgirls, she kind of started this whole fancy lady cowgirl movement by total accident because she was struggling with people and herself putting these labels on on her of either I'm a city girl in the broadcast TV space or I'm a cowgirl from Kansas. And she's like, screw that. I want to create a table where I can have both parts of myself belong, that I can be both. I can be a little fancy, a little ranchy. And, you know, I just got back from Texas recently to celebrate the Cowgirl 30 Under 30 gala. And 
a bunch of the questions they asked us was, what does it mean to you to be a cowgirl? And I think to me, I've had to really redefine it for myself because I do have so much less to do with the actual cattle side of things now. To me, being a cowgirl is really more about embodying a spirit and an attitude and really giving yourself permission to be authentically who you are in this space, whatever that looks like in the Western or agricultural space. And it's been a journey for me for sure to kind of find that space. But I think I finally have, and I think that I'm finally giving myself permission to say, yeah, it doesn't look like I thought a cowgirl looked like before, but that doesn't make me any less of a cowgirl. Do you have a fall or spring production sale? On March 26th, April 23rd, and 25th at 7 p.m., we're hosting our annual production sale classes. This year, we're going to be covering the importance of investing in your future and what that looks like. Caroline will teach you strategies to create content that will impact your marketing structure for years to come. Don't wait. These classes are limited to the first 100 people to sign up. You can sign up now at krosecompany.com backslash seedstock dash class. Absolutely. And I think we in life put so many labels. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, your health and wellness journey. And one thing you talk a lot about is like moving and getting up and being active. And I think even just tying that into like, who you want to become and how mm-hmm. you label and how you talk to yourself. And that is a lot about the things that you teach and the things you speak on. And I just wonder how many fences we're putting up in our own life because we're saying, oh, I'm actually not a runner mm-hmm. or I'm actually not a business owner or I'm mm-hmm. actually not smart. Like how many times did those words come out of our mouth or we just say them to ourselves, and that's causing us to either not take action, to not follow through, to not feel confident. Like all of that plays a part in developing and becoming the person, one, that I think God is leading you to become, but also that you were made for. 1,000%. You know, I think that a big piece of our growth journey really needs to begin with getting curious about the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we're believing. Um, One of my favorite authors, his name is John Acuff. He wrote this book called Soundtracks. And essentially what it's talking about is the soundtracks are the stories we tell ourselves in our everyday life. And here's the thing about the soundtracks we think or or just the thoughts that we have. Humans have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts every single day. And the really crazy part is that 90% of those thoughts are repetitive. So we continue to have the same thoughts every single day. And if the thoughts that you're believing about yourself are not ones that serve you, are old broken soundtracks, old stories that maybe even someone else placed in your head that you continue to tell yourself every single day, we start to hold onto those stories so tightly as truth. And to your point about identities and labels, I think it's so important for us to first of all, just have awareness over what identities have we placed on ourselves? What name tags do we have hidden covering our entire being? You know, for me in my health journey, one of those labels was I'm not an active person. I'm not a morning person. I used to tell myself that I wasn't a creative person. And this one's a little more simple, but I think helpful for us to understand this concept was I also told myself I wasn't a hat person. And I remember so vividly 
I was, it was back, I think in college, I was in San Francisco visiting one of my friends and we were going to brunch one day. And as we were driving in the Uber, I look out the window and I see this girl walking down the street wearing one of those really cute, like felt trendy hats. And I looked at my friend Jessica and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love her hat. I wish I was a hat person. And my friend Jessica looks at me and she's like, hey, Kai, you know what it takes to be a hat person? And, you know, I get on the edge of my seat like, oh, my gosh, no, tell me this life-changing information. And she says, you just have to start wearing hats. And that's so obvious, but it really caught me off guard. It's like, wait, yeah, what is it about me that makes me not a hat person? I don't – like, I have a head and there are hats that fit this head. There is nothing about me that makes me not a hat person except for the fact that somewhere along the line I told myself that I wasn't a hat person. So I no longer, I don't wear them. And so, so much of my personal health journey and just growth journey in general has really been about shattering and redefining those labels. The labels that I don't really, they don't serve me anymore. And starting with the hat label was a really good place to start. If you met me now, you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, she's totally a hat person because I wear hats. If you met me now, you'd also be like, oh yeah, she's totally a morning person. She's totally an active person. She's totally a whatever these these labels are for me now, simply because I started embodying the habits of that new identity. And for you to decide what you want to be, where you want to go in your life, you have to first ask yourself, what box are you placing yourself in? And if it's even a box you want to stay in. I see women do this all the time. And it usually sounds like in my free time, or occasionally I, or I dabble in, I, I'm like, no, 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 you don't dabble in running. You're a mm-hmm. runner. Like, yes. why, why do we feel like we have to say, oh, just sometimes if I get around to it, you know, I'm not there. It's a hobby. Even when it's not, we like put these softening words in front of things. And I think that that one People view us differently when you say, oh, on the side, I X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or if my friends invite me, I'll go running. Like mm-hmm. you just sort of took the strength out of the words a little bit. And and I think as women, we do it worse in our heads and we do out loud. But I also know that what we say out loud when we're introducing ourselves or when we're talking is part of the reason why we are – like those soundtracks are still playing is because we're telling ourselves over and over things that maybe aren't true or things that we don't want to admit. Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems as if that's probably impacting, you know, our whole journey more than we think. Absolutely. I I would venture to guess. I think a lot of us think that the thing that's getting in the way of our progress in life and business and health and whatever it is, is the actions that we're taking or not taking. But I believe that the root of everything is actually rooted in our thoughts. Our words, whether they're ever spoken out loud or not, are powerful because what they are doing is reinforcing an identity. And if you believe deeply that you are just kind of sort of something, guess what? You're you're going to show up and take actions just like you're kind of sort of something instead of really embodying that version of yourself. And I think that it's important that we really get clear on who it is we want to be and really be able to speak things out loud with confidence. Even if the first time you say it out loud is shaky confidence, it gets easier every single time that you do. Yeah. I had a really interesting thing happen this weekend in the rancher's daughter. There was a necklace. It was a designed and marketed towards a woman. 
Mm-hmm. And a little boy came in and he wanted to buy the necklace. And he, I'm very close to them. And so there was some language happening. Well, that's girly. You know, boys don't wear necklaces like that. And again, this is the type of culture we grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, is it girly because we have decided it's girly? <laughs> like what makes a necklace that is gold and black girly? And again, it didn't have like flowers, right? It just was. And I said, the reason why we think it's girly is because we have told ourselves that that looks girly. I was like, the necklace doesn't have a feature. Like it doesn't have a flag that says, you know, only worn if you think it like girly, all these things. And, and it really got me thinking like, one, I think it was pretty rare that I thought that <laughs> compared to what, nor- you know, is normally happening in our brain. But I'm just wondering if people are having soundtracks and if we're saying things like I'm not a runner when you are running or you want to become a runner, like how do you get started changing those thoughts? How do you recommend kind of, because it is hard, right? When you shake your hand with someone and say, hi, I'm Caroline Rose and I'm a business owner. I mean, sometimes I still have a hard time saying that and I'm eight Mm. years in multiple Mm -hmm. businesses now, but it's like, how do you get started? What, what are some methods to change those soundtracks that we have in our head? I love this question. And I think one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ways to begin this journey is through journaling. And if you are someone that does not like to journal, just hang in with me here and be open-minded to this. I think that in order for us to to change the soundtracks, to change our beliefs and our identities and become more confident in who we are, we first need to even have the awareness of what we're currently thinking or believing in the first place. And why I think that journaling is so powerful is it really allows us to create space between us and our thoughts. You're literally brain dumping everything that is in your in your mind and your brain and you're putting it on paper so you, you can physically look at it. Look at what you're thinking. And when you brain dump and write down in a journal what your thoughts are, what your beliefs about yourself are, you can then read it back to yourself and say, is this true? Is this does this just feel true because I've been thinking it for so long. And when I say, is it true? I mean, can this be universally agreed upon by anyone in the world? Because a lot of times we think things are true that are not actually true. They're just opinions, opinions that we feel very strongly about, but they are just an opinion. And I think that starting there is really, really helpful. You have to have awareness. That's always the first step is what am I currently believing in the first place? You know, I, when it comes to embodying a new identity. I just recently spoke at uh, my friend's Ascend Women's Retreat. So it's a small intimate retreat, 15 women, and we do this small group coaching. And one of the women there was really struggling with saying with confidence when somebody asked her why she quit her side business. She would actually, when they asked her, she would just say like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, things are going fine. She would pretend she still had a business because she felt so uncomfortable admitting to them that she had pivoted. And so what I did with her was I actually had her role play with me. And maybe this sounds crazy, but I think that role playing with yourself and learning how to speak out loud some of these new identities can be really, really helpful. You know, I think that we've all heard of affirmations. I would say that affirmations, especially lately, have become really trendy things. Like you can walk into Target and you could buy an affirmation on everything from a pencil to a bag to a pair of underwear. Affirmations are slapped everywhere. And I do think that affirmations are helpful, but 
Here's the thing about affirmations. Affirmations are only actually helpful if you believe them. If you are standing in front of the mirror and you are telling yourself an affirmation that you do not believe, not only do you not believe the affirmation, but now you also feel like a liar. And so it's actually more harmful than it is helpful. And so one really great tool that I encourage you to use if you're practicing affirmations is what I call a bridge phrase. And a bridge phrase is something that sounds like, I am learning to, I am practicing believing, I'm open to considering. And you take that bridge phrase and you tack it in front of an affirmation to give you space to meet yourself where you're at while also embodying that new identity. So that could look like, and this can be something you write down in your notebook, in your journal, that you stick on a sticky note in your bathroom, that you say to yourself in the mirror. Maybe maybe your first step is saying, I am learning to believe that I am a runner. Maybe, maybe meeting yourself there instead of embodying the identity immediately is a good place to start. Meet yourself where you're at and work on building up that belief one baby step at a time, if that makes sense. I think you're right about affirmations and it's almost like marketing. I kind of think we're over-marketed too in general. So we start to tune down the marketing and the effects Mm -hmm. and everything like that. It's like we see so many advertisements that unless it's something unique, something we've never seen before, like all of these, it's like we sort of tune it out. And I feel like we've really gotten that way with affirmations. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes we pick words that are easy. I am smart. I am beautiful, right? Those are the ones that they talk about with your kids. Like I am brave. And sometimes I feel like there is such a need to add a because or, Mm. you know, a reason behind that helps you get to that point where you just flat out believe you're brave. And if you don't, that's okay, right? It's very hard. If you've never told yourself this and you've always said like, I don't really go out at night because I'm a little bit scared. Like if you've had these stories, right? Like let's just run with brave. And I think that you can say I'm brave because of X. Like Mm -hmm. this one thing made me one step braver than I was the day before. And giving yourself kind of an excuse or the reason why you are acting more that way. And I think journaling is great. I think there's a lot of room to journal. And I brain dump. I know that you probably do as well. But I think sometimes in journaling, we expect it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that is not the case. Like I think in order to do journaling well, and in order to really like get your thoughts out on paper, write about who you want to become. One, it's going to be messy. There should be some scribbling. There should be some crossing out. There should be like sentences that don't make sense because the way our brain functions is not in complete sentences. It is in run-on sentences, right? We just continuously talk and it doesn't look perfect. And so if we're just reiterating what's coming to our mind, we need to just write out exactly and really practice, one, being authentic to what we're thinking, Mm -hmm. and then two, correcting those thoughts. One thing that my older brother taught me when I was a really young girl, and I don't know why this came up, but I oftentimes lay awake at night and can't sleep because my mind is, as all of you know, 110 miles an hour all the time. And my brother taught me to envision a uh, chalk erase board, like a green one that they had Mm -hmm. in school. And he said, every time you have a thought and you can see it writing on the board, pick the eraser up and erase it. And still to this day, I do that. I I like that. I physically visualize 
the chalk writing whatever's being written and I like pick up the eraser and I erase it in my mind. And I'm a very visual learner, but it has like told me that I can be in control of what shows up on the chalkboard. And even if it gets written before I can stop it, I have the power to erase it. Mm, I love that visual so much. I think the visuals are super, super powerful. So I'm going to I'm gonna put that one in my uh, mental library. So thank you for that, Caroline. Yeah, it works amazing. And again, I have no idea why he taught it to me. <laughs> but I must have been having a hard time sleeping. And he's like, you got to clear your brain to sleep. So if something pops up, just erase it. And I, I mean, still, as a 30-year-old woman, I think about that all the time. So good. So, so good. See, brothers have some good wisdom to share. I mean, maybe some other things that aren't great, but some great wisdom yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Do you need a new website designed, logo for your business, or help with social media? Did you know that Kairos Company is a full-service design and marketing company? We do everything from websites to logo designs, consulting, and social media. We'd love to support small rural businesses like yours. Reach out today at kairoscompany.com backslash rural-business-marketing to get your quote. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, Backroad Cowgirls. You have done and produced several episodes, and you are in the middle of something exciting, some new plans, right? Yes, yes. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Backroad Cowgirls, Backroad Cowgirls as it exists today is a digital series sharing the diverse faces of agriculture and their stories. So to back it up a little bit, it was uh, February of last year, 2022, and I was on my way back from a speaking event in Kansas, and I had a seven-hour layover in Dallas. And thankfully, my dear friend Courtney Dehoff lives in Dallas, and so she swooped me up and took me to lunch so I didn't have to sit in the airport. And I remember we went to this little Italian restaurant there in downtown Dallas, and we were eating our pasta, drinking our wine, and just honestly commiserating a little bit about entrepreneurship. It was one of those lunches. That's how it started. And we both grew up on ranches. Both of us are doing the speaking thing and our careers have kind of taken us away from the ranch. And we were talking about how, you know, we love to travel. We love storytelling. We love agriculture. And we also both independently had talked about like, oh, just dreaming of one day having our own TV show. And so as we're sitting there, I look at Courtney and I'm like, wait a second, what are we doing? Like, why are we waiting for someone to just discover us and give us a TV show as if that's how it happens? And why don't we just do the dang thing? Why don't we just create our own TV show? I mean, we live in a day and age when there are platforms abundantly available for us to share all sorts of content and YouTube is a great one to have a show. And so we're like, okay, are, are we going to do this? Are we going to actually do this? And right there during that layover, the vision for Backroad Cowgirls was born. In a month and a half, it was very quick. We had raised enough money on a GoFundMe campaign from people that believed in this vision and raised enough money for us to rent a 2002 Eurovan from San Diego that honestly, I'm surprised made the trip. It did break down one time. And we rented this, this van. We worked with a local branding company called Poor Richard's Press, completely covered it in magnets. And we hit the road for two weeks all across the state of, agri of California, sharing stories of people in agriculture from urban agriculture, people of color, multi-generational, first-generation farmers, LGBTQ plus people in agriculture. And 
just hit the road telling these stories. And we brought my friend Shelby who had slid into my DMs like a week before, who's a photographer to come. And she came along with us and captured the entire journey in these beautiful photos. And so we decided to take these stories and turn it into a little mini digital series. Um, There are currently, as we're recording this, there are currently 12 episodes out at backroadcowgirls.com. There are short episodes, less than 15 minutes, and all across the state of California. We picked California because I'm from California and it's the number one ag state, and we thought it might be helpful to start somewhere where we kind of had some connections. And so we did this just thinking, you know, if nothing else, we're excited to be on this journey you know, our, our mission from the beginning was we're only going to do this if we are having fun. And so we, we were dedicated to fun from the get go. So we, we shared the first six episodes and then we got a message from the folks at Simplot Grower Solutions. Um, they're based out of Idaho, but they are a national, actually an international company. And they approached us and they said, Hey, uh, we love what you're doing here and we want to know how we can get involved. And so you know, Courtney and I had big dreams for this, not just to live on YouTube, but for really to be able to take these stories mainstream to a mainstream audience. And so at the end of last year, beginning of this year, Simplot Grower Solutions came on board to fully fund the professional production of an official pilot episode. So we have a full production team based out of Austin, Texas, and we are headed down to Southern Texas this year to film the full, officially, professionally produced pilot episode that we hope to start to to really have wrapped up and start pitching out to networks by the end of this year, which is super exciting. And we are learning a lot as we go here. But what what we really hope to do with this is not necessarily have these agriculture stories be something that are only shared within the agriculture community. I think agriculture is really good at talking to itself, but we really envision this being something that you know, a mom in LA or some, I don't know, you know, a banker in New York will watch and resonate and really be able to see themselves in these stories. That is so exciting. And I think you're right about agriculture talking to agriculture. We do that fairly well because it feels really safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is certainly a place for that, right? A hundred percent. Absolutely. We have got to talk and cheer on each other and support all of that. But I think even more, we have to talk to our customers, which are consumers. And Mm -hmm. the thing about agriculture that makes a difference is not everyone needs a marketing company like myself. Not everyone, you know, is interested in health and wellness and being coached by you. Like, of Mm -hmm. course, you have an ideal customer. But in agriculture, everyone eats, like Mm -hmm. every single person. Now, the level of how much they want to know about their food varies. And it changes, right, from person to person, but also throughout a person's eating experience. And so Mm -hmm. we have such a diverse audience as ideal customers. And the other thing, too, is like even if you can impact one consumer, you've Mm -hmm. done a great job. Like. Even if we can make one person say, I understand where apples come from a little better than I did yesterday, or I understand X, Y, and Z, like Mm -hmm. that is a win. Sometimes we think in order to be successful in air quotes, we have to impact 10, 15, 20,000, 100,000. We we see those people like Taylor Swift and she has like 400 million or whatever Instagram fault, like We sometimes think that in order to have an impact, it has to look like that. And it really doesn't. It's like one person. If one person 
shakes your hand and says, now I feel a little bit more comfortable about my food source, that's a win. And we discount our work because sometimes we feel like we have to be talking to 10 or 15,000 people for it to matter. And it really, if everyone impacted one person, think of where we'd be. Mm -hmm. For sure. You know, the other thing that we were really wanting to, to work on when we started this project was... I think that agriculture in the past when it came to consumer um, communication, agriculture was really focused on education. They want to educate consumers, right? They want to tell people where their food is from. And while education is great, I don't think a lot of people actually want to be educated or educated in the way that we maybe think they do. People don't necessarily connect with statistics and education in the same way that they connect with stories. And so when we were putting together Backroad Cowgirls and dreaming of what it would look and feel like when someone watched it, we were really inspired by shows like Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. It's a cooking show. It's a food show. But more than anything, it's a show about people that happens to have food in it. Um, another show that I really love is Queer Eye on Netflix, the new one. It's really, it's these five guys that go in and kind of give these people life transformations. And you can see this transformational experience and you connect with the person's story. And I believe deeply that people connect with people. And so with Backroad Cowgirls, I think I would, you know, as of now, I, I would say maybe a, a good description of it is, is it is entertainment. It's got a little bit of that reality TV show vibe and maybe edutainment a little bit. I want people to come and watch because they're connecting with this person's story and by osmosis, maybe without even realizing it, learning about where their food comes from. And maybe they don't know the science behind the apple, but they might resonate and remember like, oh yeah, I remember that farmer up in Washington that yada, 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 whatever that story is, they'll remember that story even more so than they'll remember the you know quote unquote educational pieces of it. We love story. I mean, it's amazing. You have nieces um, and I have niece and nephew. And it's amazing to me that sometimes they're like, can you just make up something? Can you yeah. just tell me about a dragon? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dragon Sally. Like I just go to town, right? <laughs> like we are so attracted to stories mm -hmm. and we turn memories into stories. We share them back over with the people we love. Like we love a story and any connection that we want to feel with someone, we have to feel that story. And it's interesting because two people can listen to the same story and they both get something different out of it. And mm -hmm. storytelling versus education are very different. And the beautiful mix of them is when there is education inside a story. And we know that all children's books have education within inside a story. Like that is how they are getting the point across. And we are no different. I mean, we just love stories. And that's why some of the things go viral on social media is because people buy into the story. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, how well was that told? And now there's thousands of people following it or millions of people following it. Like, just pay attention in life, I think. You'll be amazed at how much we're attracted to story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and to your point about children's books, I mean, that's how they're teaching kids about morals and all these different things is through a story. And so I know that in agriculture, there is no shortage of inspiring and transformational stories. Courtney and I have like a roster in mind of stories we want to tell. 
of all different kinds of people. And another thing I'll say is when it comes to this Backroom Cowgirls series, I I think that we might actually end up making people in agriculture a little bit uncomfortable because we're going to share a lot of diverse stories from all different walks of life, from all different agricultural practices, and we might push push the envelope a little bit, you know? But I think that that's a good thing. I think overall that's going to be a really, really good thing. And I'm just really excited to see it come to life. I'm I'm so excited about our producer team that we have on board. Um, one of the things that I really love about our our producer the most is that he is not from agriculture in the same way that Courtney and I are. And I see that as being a really helpful thing because we we want this to be able to be something that's resonated with someone that never, ever, ever has stepped foot on a farm or a ranch. And so I just, I can't wait to see what how it comes to life. And, you know, I don't know what to expect. If this is something that will take a year, two years, 10 years, I'm not sure. But as of right now, Courtney and I are still having fun and that was our number one, one rule with the project. And so we'll see how things unfold. Well, I am really excited to watch that pilot episode that you guys are producing. And I think we just, we need more people who are on the team of agriculture, whether you're sitting on the bench, whether you're coaching, whether you're the cheerleader, whether you're playing on the field, whether you're the one that sewed the uniforms, like we got to have everyone who wants to be involved in the game, involved in the game. And I think understanding the role and where we fit in is so beautiful. And also knowing you could be a player today and on the bench tomorrow and both are acceptable and we need both. And so I love how you cheer people on and it's always a pleasure chatting with you and following you. Will you let everyone know where they can find you on social media and connect with you? Yes. Well, first, just thank you so much for having me on the show and the opportunity to connect with your audience. I so appreciate it. For those of you that want to connect, uh, my favorite personal platform social media-wise is Instagram. I'm there at coach underscore Kaya, K-I-A-H. I'm also on Facebook at Coach Kaya. Um, If you want to connect with Backroad Cowgirls, we're also on Instagram as Backroad Cowgirls or click over to backroadcowgirls.com. There you can find all the blog posts and YouTube videos of all of our episodes that are out as of right now. You can hop on our email newsletter too to stay tuned on all of the happenings there and, and see how things unfold. We're really passionate about bringing everyone along for the journey and uh, would love to connect with you. Oh, also, if you like podcasts, which I have a feeling you do because you're here, I also have a podcast that comes out every week. I've had Caroline as a guest and that is called the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I'd love to have you tune in. Yep. And I'll put our episode of that podcast in the show notes so everyone can find it. Thank you, ma'am. This was a great conversation. We really appreciate your wisdom. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to the Cattleman U podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember the grass is greener where you water it.